Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome again to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command here at Camp Henry, Republic of Korea. And today I'm joined by two of our experts from our G1 shop. I'm talking today to Captain Priscilla Abwan and Chief Warrant Officer 2, Corey Bollinger, the recently promoted Chief Warrant Officer 2. Thank you, both of you, for joining me here today. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, and so we're going to be talking about a lot of useful things that'll um, benefit people who are in already in Korea and how they things that'll affect their career, and also potentially um, soldiers out there that are thinking about coming to Korea possibly for their next assignment. So um, we have a few acronyms to discuss. <laughs> um, maybe might be new acronyms to you. Um, which one do you want to start first with? Um, well, we can start off with the, with uh, we're talking about AIPs. We're talking about for okay. those who are in in relation to um, staying on pin. Is that what we're okay? Talking? Sure. Yeah. Let's. Oh, right. We got a lot of people who, um, if you're, you, it's something you got to think about relatively quickly if you're here just for a one year assignment, right? That is absolutely true. Yes. Um. And 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 typically the soldiers should should see something about that in their orders before they even arrive. Um. Talking about the the potential of actually requesting an AIP, but uh. So what is AIP? Um, that, that is assignment incentive pay, and that really is it's just um, for you uh, agreeing to extend an additional year in Korea, you will be paid an amount of three thousand two hundred dollars extra. Uh, and so there's also certain MOSs that are short on on the peninsula here in Korea. Um, which deem as critical shortages. And Eighth Army posts uh, a list of those those shortages every month. And if anybody falls within with, within those MOSs and and agrees to you know submits a request and agrees to do a, a, a AIP, they will actually receive six thousand dollars for the additional year on pin. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's no, some not at all. <laughs> good chunk of change. Um, so if you so. The the regular AIP though is mm-hmm. are there are there certain people who are not eligible for that or are there it's not a given basically that you'll you'll get it. No, that is that is correct. So uh, so if anybody who is a major and above, um, fortunately, is, is not a, a, um, able to request an AIP. And, uh, anybody who's above a, a master sergeant is not able to request. And then when it comes to the warrants. Uh, Anybody who was who was a CW4 and above is not able to request the AIP. Okay. So the, uh, the seniors in the formation, That's not really for them, much. but <laughs> that is correct. Okay. And uh, ma'am, what what uh, anything else you want to add to that? Um, I know for the AIPs, you can only put in a limited number amount because there are some people that will try to stay on pen for forever, really. But I think you can only put in twice. 
Oh, that's that's interesting. I mean, I would have thought that you could only do it once, but you could you can do two AIPs. Like for you could stay here three years and get two AIPs. Yes, as long that's as you continue to meet the conditions every time you reapply. Hmm. Okay, and an AIP is only for one additional year. Yes. Right. Okay. Interesting. And so, um, so ma'am, uh, we have the mic on you. Why don't you tell us a little, you just, you recently arrived here in Korea. Um, what can you tell us about, um, what brought you to the army and the, uh, the human resources side of the house? Oh, wow. Okay. That's going to, it's a bit of a story. Not really, but <laughs> <laughs> so I commissioned out of San Diego state university in San Diego, California. Go I, Aztecs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we didn't have a great football team at the time, but I've been told they're doing great now. Mm-hmm. Kind of missed out on that part. <laughs> but I come from a long, um, very broadly Navy and Marine Corps-based family. And so it was always part of my goal to join the military. But um, stipulation in me growing up that way was that my father wouldn't allow me or support me unless I became an officer. So he's the one that really pushed me into the officer realm and then forcing me into the ROTC program, into where I am now, and um, into the HR realm specifically. It was my, my branch of choice in my junior year of college. I specifically chose the AG branch because in assessing the uh, levels and options of branches at the time for females and in general, just officer paths, it seemed to be the most applicable into every aspect, whether I stayed in the military, wanted to go into a different government, um, echelon in the federal government, or if I wanted to go into the civilian realm, it was very clearly cut and it could be applicable regardless of whether I wanted to continue in the military or not. Yeah, that um, you sound your your story sounds a little similar to a previous podcast guest, Major Fred Dakina. Have you have you met Major Dakina yet? I have. Yes. Yeah, so also a San Diego uh, from a Navy background in San Diego. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. You can listen to his podcast episode uh, from a, a few weeks ago and get that one. And then, uh, Chief Bollinger, um, you're, uh, we've already had you on the podcast before. If, if I was going to direct our listeners so you don't have to repeat yourself, episode 22, that was your episode. So um, if you want to go hear about um, Chief Bollinger's um, origin story, you can do that. <laughs> but um, we, we recently were promoted. We heard... Um, you guys, we, a lot of us got to meet your family for the first time at your promotion ceremony. So um, you're in your second year now of uh, being in Korea. Or you'll, you, you're, you've already finished one year. That basically. is correct. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so uh, maybe bring us up to date on you know how your family's enjoyed their their time here. Oh well, my family's been really enjoying their time here. Um, I came here with my wife and two children. They're both in my children are both in high school now. And my daughter's gonna actually gonna uh, graduate this June. Uh, so overall, um, my family has really found this ex- experience to be uh, uh, a wonderful place to to meet friends, and, you know, and just and, and just feel comfortable and safe and, and grow in a, a great learning environment. Uh, I, I would, you know, obviously be lying if I didn't say that one of the things that we think we are all looking forward to doing when we got here was to do a lot of travel not just across Korea but across the the, the uh, Asian um, continent unfortunately COVID yeah. you know, put the damper on that but all in all we are truly enjoying Korea so much so that um, I decided to extend an additional nine months uh, so I'll, I'll be doing a you know almost three years here hmm. uh, but uh, yes great experience and family loves it 
Yeah, last uh, last spring I, w- I was surprised to see the the tradition they have on Camp Henry for the high schoolers, the graduating high schoolers, where they put the big portraits of them yes. around posts. So we'll we'll be seeing your daughter up there somewhere on ca- on Camp Walker yes. <laughs> this spring. But that that's great. Uh, congratulations to her. All right, and um, so back to the topic at hand. Um, what what's the next uh, acronym you want to touch on? Well, so anybody else who who may may or may not be able to do with AIP, but want to take, take another consideration of extending their time here on Korea, may we look at doing a, what we call an IPCOT, or in-place consecutive overseas tour. Um, in-place meaning they're actually going to stay where they're located. So if you're down here in, in the uh, 19th C Daegu area, the, you would submit a request that goes all the way up to HRC, um, requesting to stay here for another tour. Um, there's also another term we call it IT-COT, which is an intra-theater um, consecutive overseas tour. So that might be maybe you're, you're looking to do a, a somewhere on the Korean Peninsula, but not necessarily exactly in the Daegu area if you were down here. Um, so why would I want to do a IPCOT or ITCOT over AIP if I could choose one or the other? Well, there is no monetary um, benefit for doing an ITCOT. However, what you do receive is a free flight uh, based upon what your home record is. Uh, so you would get that flight, a round trip flight that you must take, um, ideally in between your two tours, but um, based upon if you submit to do a, a deferment, you must, you must complete that other that, that, um, round trip flight before your, your next tour ends. And so that's gonna allow you to, maybe if you're, if you're from Miami, uh, you can submit a request and, and they will put together um, flights for you to be able to travel to Miami. But you're saying, well, you know, I'm from Miami, but I don't want to go there. I actually just want to go um, maybe to Washington, D.C. Well, all they're going to do is base base where your the, the cost for you to go to your overseas, your uh, home record and adjust that to say, OK, well, we will pay for you to have this this uh, this uh, round trip flight to elsewhere. So for, to you to go to D.C. So. That is a great benefit um, for those who are interested um, in doing a, a consecutive overseas tour, as opposed to AIP. And is that ju- are they paying for that flight just for the soldier or your dependents as well? Oh, that includes the dependents as okay. well, absolutely. So that could be, I mean, potentially several thousand dollars worth of incentive, really. <laughs> Absolutely, mm-hmm. especially if you got a, a larger family, four or five, and we're talking about how we all know the cost of flights are really expensive today. So, I mean, maybe even that that AIP uh, price of six thousand dollars won't even even cover that potentially. So, definitely, yes, it could be a really good benefit. Okay, yeah, that's something. Yeah, definitely to think about. And then, so they would, and like, so like in my case, like um, there's only one other E seven position for me in area four and so like when i was in my last marketplace we were looking at potentially competing for one of the positions for me in humphreys and so Mm -hmm. not only would we get that flight if i had chosen that position but they would obviously pay for us to move to humphreys oh absolutely yeah so you get that too that's part of that as well Mm -hmm. yes absolutely okay and um what what are what are some um what what are some uh, and that but that doesn't for like Japan or something, that would still that wouldn't be one of those, right? No, that that would that would not be considered in a, a, a it cot or anything like that. That would be a different. cot. So right? that would be a cot. Okay, absolutely. And 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 so yes, a, a cot in general, a consecutive overseas tour, is going to entitle you to the, uh, the ability to have that that flight to go to your 
home of record in between mm-hmm. the two tours. So even if that's in in Europe or anywhere else, that's considered Oconus. Hmm. Yeah, like for that, I remember um, one of the sergeants major previously at Camp Carroll, I remember he went to Germany after Korea. And so like they, they flew home and then they flew to Germany. And so, yeah, army pay army picked up the bill for all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything you want to touch on with that, ma'am? Not, not specifically. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, distinguishing between the in place it and just a regular consecutive overseas tour. Cause I know usually such as chief Bollinger here, some people just love to stay overseas. And if that's the case, then there are so many incentives to move um, from an Oconus location to a different Oconus location instead of going from Oconus back to Conus, even though you know you want to go back Oconus. So it's a good consideration, especially for stability purposes. I personally don't have children, but hearing stories from moving Oconus with your family, with young children, uh, a dog, and 18 bags stuffed into a hotel room like Chief Bollinger did, um, mm-hmm. then definitely the Ipcots and the Itcots sound very appealing, even mm-hmm. for me, and I don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, one of the biggest hiccups on my family's journey to Korea was actually uh, me leaving my passport in the uh, taxi that dropped oh. us off at the airport. Luckily, oh, no. was it, we realized it as soon as we, uh, we got to the check-in, and, and they were able to circle back. But, yeah, so there's a lot of con- wow. considerations to make. <laughs> but I, I do want to go back to one thing you said, Chief, because for those consecutive tours, that involves HRC. And so it's, it's not so much a local process as it is involving HRC. So the timeline is critical absolutely mm-hmm. critical especially now that we both uh ha- well we have these 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 manning cycles that we we work now both on the enlisted side as well on the officer side um so being able to make sure you you're looking at when you're gonna it's time for you to be looked into the marketplace um and going on the assignment you need to make sure that you're submitting that, that those requests um quick fast in a hurry if you're intended to try to do one of those specifically on 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 the peninsula uh Otherwise, yes, you can indeed um, look for those particular um, assignments. Like, like you said yourself, you found the one that was up in Humphreys that you were looking at through the EMC, um, enlisted manning cycle. Uh, and it's it's even through that process, yes, it's the same thing. You're still going to receive that that, that kind of entitlement. Mm. But, but yes. And so for um, someone with their families here like you and I, we would be getting another two-year assignment if we did the intra-theater consecutive overseas tour yes because this is a whole mm-hmm. new tour that you're doing with the with in command sponsorship yes. but with a if you're just here unaccompanied one-year tour it would just be another another year right yes uh, yeah unaccompanied or otherwise known in korea as a restricted tour that's mm-hmm. uh, a little different here in korea but yeah as a restricted tour it will only be one more year that okay. is correct so a lot of options on the table but the key theme is to start looking at those early especially if you're on a one-year uh, a restricted tour. I cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Please look at any, if you were just, even the thought just goes across your mind briefly to, to extend. Just get with your S1, your G1, quick, fast, in a hurry, and, and start to get the process going. And if, you, if that's something you want, you really want to do mm-hmm. to make sure that you don't um, get in a situation where you run out of time and based upon the, the market well, process, you just are not able to take advantage of it. And for our junior enlisted soldiers, especially, a lot of those decisions too will um, could impact their ETS date. Like they would need to re-enlist 
in order to take advantage of that, correct? Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. But based upon whatever the assignment is, yeah, it, it, you may incur additional service obligation. Okay, great. And so um, I think that's, is that all we're talking about with regards to people already on PEN? Uh, well, there's, there's one more. Okay. Yeah, the FST, oh, FST. Okay. Foreign Service Tour Extensions. So that one is a little more broad. You don't have to qualify for it in a certain MOS or density or how critical your MOS shortage is on pen. You can do it for, I believe, up to one year and every 30 day increments. So then it gives you a little more flexibility if you don't want to stay for an entire year. Maybe you have other extenuating circumstances where you maybe only want to extend for six months. Um, I know some people, if there are some shortages that are hard to fill here in Korea, especially for officers, then they might um, decide to extend for a few months in order to fill the gap between their in, their incoming person to fill their position. And I know for one-year one tours, that usually comes very quickly. Um, for instance, if you're in... Um, a higher billet that doesn't get a lot of bids on in the officer marketplace, for instance, and you're an unaccompanied single officer, then usually uh, that's the market that's hard to keep because incentive isn't always there, especially if they didn't take advantage of the one year here, then it's harder to keep. So it gives you a little more flexibility to not just put one year on the table. Then you can do it for a few months and it seems a little, a little more appealing in everybody's sense and to get everyone not what's the word to get everyone on board mm-hmm. per se in a peaceful manner okay and so and with an fst then there's no additional incentives is just giving someone more more time that or? is correct okay um and then and that but that's available to enlisted and officers yes it is. okay Interesting. Okay. And uh, that, that's another one. Is that's more a local decision or is that also involve HRC? That depends. If you are already on assignment, um, then, uh, yeah, that's going to definitely going to be going up to um, 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 to uh, to HRC. Um, but if you're like six months out or whatnot, that may only have to go up to the user pack level. So it really mm-hmm. depends. Okay. It really depends. All right. And so uh, now we transition to people possibly considering coming to Korea. And so um, we we were just talking, ma'am, about assignments that don't get filled. And um, what what can you talk about um, when you when you were talking to someone who's considering coming to Korea? You made the choice to come to Korea, or maybe you didn't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, I made the choice. This was actually my number one assignment, and the person I interviewed with was actually sitting right next to me, Chief Bollinger. Hmm. So um, I'll say it was before the interview, um, this assignment specifically without having any contact with, you know, Lieutenant Colonel Nieto, the rest of the chain of command, and my sponsor at the time, and all we were doing was playing this game on AIM on trying to get pings on maybe who wants me and if I want them as well and as, as an assignment. And after doing numerous interviews with different kinds of commands across CONUS, and I finally got this interview with Lieutenant Colonel Nieto and Chief Bollinger and trying to set up a time, of course, between um, Central Standard Time where I was in Fort Hood, Texas, and between here and Area 4, um, I think we had a few few rounds of trying to get <laughs> to get a time worked out 
And it was actually my very last interview in the marketplace where I was like getting close into where I had to put in my final one for one match. And after this interview, we've actually spent most of the time just really talking about what I wanted out of an assignment. And exactly what I wanted was what uh, 19th ESC and Korea could offer me. I wanted to see something new. I wanted a different kind of environment. I had spent four years and some change in a cab. Mm. So that's all I really knew. But I also didn't want to just stay conventional and just you know kick around into a BCT, which is of course abundant in Fort Hood, Texas. And I wanted a different kind of role and being in an ESC, of course, in a division level or a division equivalent echelon, you're thinking on the strategic side. So I personally thought I had exhausted um, the tactical and even a little bit of the operational side in the battalion and touching onto the brigade. I wanted something that could develop my career um, since I'm already KD complete, but also give me an edge um, from my peers, which in ESC, ESC and TSCs aren't widely offered. So I think it's an untapped um, little diamond in the rough that people don't usually think about to see, especially for non-logisticians. I know you think ESCs and you just go straight into like logisticians, 90, 91, 88, 89s. But like us sitting here with 42s and yourself sir, as a PAO, like there's so many opportunities here and other type of units that I don't think people understand that this level and type of unit and its culture, specifically its culture, is amazing. My reception in the G1 shop specifically was definitely, I'll say, unmatched. I was met personally <laughs> getting up the bus into my hotel room, arriving here on Camp Walker by Chief Bollinger. And the very next day, Lieutenant Colonel Nieto came to meet me in the lobby and gave me this little baggie of snacks and water. And I'd never had that before. So the, I'll say the personal culture here in the 19th ESC, specifically the 19th ESC, has been amazing. And I didn't have that a lot in my previous unit. So it was completely refreshing and you know, made me feel welcome. So to say the 19th ESC is a very close-knit and personalized family is, is an understatement. So I don't think people, um, you know, for me, that was the biggest kicker was of the assignment looked great, the location looked great here in Area 4, but the interview with the people in 19th ESC is what really sold me. Because you know you can do whatever job you want, um, anywhere you want, but the people can really change your perception of that entire location, that entire job, and even your entire MOS. You can decide or not stay in that MOS specifically because someone that you worked with. Yeah, that's really wonderfully put. Ma'am, I'm glad, and I'm glad you had such a great experience with that. And I was, and was, was, was this, is this your first time in Korea? Period. Or it is, it? yes. Because I think for a lot of soldiers, maybe they had, had been here on a TDY to Humphreys or to Casey, something like. And not to disparage either of those posts, but that can maybe color their impression of Korea. Maybe if they didn't enjoy their time there. But I mean, you've seen that. I mean, we've we've seen Area Four is is a much different. It's very different than those other Korea experiences. You know, right in Daegu, a city 
the size of Chicago, actually, you know, which, I mean, it really is, a, we're in the city here, you know, we're not a base that's adjacent to another population. But I mean, the, what, what can you say about the location, how you've experienced it so far, ma'am? Oh, okay. So after spending um, a few weeks at Camp Humphreys for my quarantine and I arrived over Christmas, so I spent an extended amount of time in Camp, Camp Humphreys trying to in-process. So I'll say even just a few weeks there being confined to Camp Humphreys and even seeing what's offered here between all the three installations in Area 4, you know, coming out of Camp Humphreys, if I walked out of that barracks room, I would have never known I was in Korea whatsoever. True. If I just took Mm -hmm. pictures around, then I could say, I could say I'm back at Fort Hood and no one would say anything. They'd say, oh, it looks cold, Mm -hmm. but it looks, it looks right. There's a lot of concrete. It's flat. And it's really, I thought it was really cool coming out of Camp Walker. The first time I went driving and got my car, it was a little scary. I'll say, I think for everyone that first drive out the gates, a little intimidating, especially with, you know, the local driving culture mannerisms and, <laughs> and cultures and road etiquette is very different than in the United States. Yeah. And, and so I had my previous experience in Korea was actually in Yongsan. And so I spent a lot of time in Seoul. And so I thought I'd already seen everything Korea had to offer. I thought I'd, you know, felt really familiar with Korea. But even my first time going out of Camp Walker, driving to Henry, I was like, whoa, you know, I felt like, you know, I'm in a completely different place. And I mean, Korea really is such a diverse and varied nation that really any kind of city you go to is going to feel, you know, much different. So I think if, if, if you're, if you're looking at your potential assignments and you're thinking back to that TDY to KC from seven or eight years ago, you know, it really, it's, it's, if, if you like that, you're, there's some of that down here, but it's, it's a whole new experience, you know? And so I, w- our last thing we're going to touch on. So the, you, you mentioned the ain't your aim market experience, man, but the enlisted market, the ask them is different than that. But if you're in, if you're in your market right now, uh, we recently had a, um, a senior NCO reach out to us to learn more about like what they would be doing here. You know, he, they may have seen 19th ESC and their ask them and didn't really know much about what they're about. So I think it's important to educate yourself on that. And so if you don't know, if you're listening to this and maybe you don't really know much about 19th ESC, it's in your marketplace, you know, you can reach out to, uh, to G1 or to anyone here really find out more about what we're about. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, 19th ESC here, we, we are that the, that sustainment command across the entire Korean Peninsula. Um, so we, we are the ones who are, who are getting the, the equipment where it needs to be, getting people where they need to be. Um, and so with this important mission, uh, I, I know that someone who Maybe in some of the maybe in some of those sustainer uh, MOSs or AOCs will find the work they do here to be very much rewarding because that's one of the, the beauties of actually Korea in a lot of the places is when you when you come here you're actually now operating in the you know the, that I don't want to hate to call it this but but that, that that battlefield if you will that we're all preparing for um, so that that is our mission here to take care of this peninsula. Um, and so uh, that that itself um, makes this a, a unique um, experience for for you professionally, um, and so with that, there are 
there are a host of different things that you can do um, across this, um, this this command, and and we are we're located not just in Daegu, uh, as as, True. as Captain Havan yeah. had mentioned <laughs> about the uh, the organizations here in Daegu, but we're we're dispersed. We have units up in uh, in uh, Humphreys. Uh, we we have them up in KC, um, a little bit in Yongsan, still barely. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so we're all over the Korean map, literally. And um, so I, I highly suggest anybody who, who's uh, who's thinking about a, a change, something different um, in their career, and, and get a chance to really utilize that MOS skill that they have. They'll get a great opportunity to do that. Um, in the 19th ESC. Yeah, just um, a couple episodes ago, we were talking to a couple of our finance soldiers from Casey who, who won the uh, uh, best best warrior competition down here. So yeah, yeah, lots of opportunities, and um, yeah, just educate yourself. That's that's a big thing, and um, it's both if you're already in Korea and thinking of coming here. But um, I want to thank uh, both of you for coming by, Captain Abuan. Um, we'll pr- hopefully see you again while you're here in the studio. Chief, thanks for making it, um, coming back, making a return trip. It is my pleasure. But uh, thank, thank you, you so for thank, thank you for listening to the Every Soldier Counts podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.